Well, welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little bit deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. Be sure to catch up on our weekly sermons by visiting our website, crossingchurch.org slash messages, or as always, we stream live on Facebook at 1030 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday morning. Well, welcome. My name is Pastor Nathan. I am the Creative Arts and Teaching Pastor here at the Crossing Church, and joining me today to my left... I am Pastor Mark. I'm the Discipleship Pastor here. Pastor Brian over here on your right, just living the dream. Just living the dream. That was last week's title, was it? Yeah, that was actually the title of your sermon last week. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't take long. Uh, speaking of living the dream, how's everybody living with uh, one hour stolen from them? I, I want it back. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I desperately want it back. We actually figured out this morning at our at our house that uh, my wife actually does not like daylight savings just in general. But we figured out that she doesn't like waking up in the dark. That's it? Uh, That's the reason. I don't care what time. Just quit messing with the clock. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Just pick a time, and I can adjust. And I, I get the reasons why adding some more sunlight within the normal working hours is beneficial. But, man, especially now with kids, they don't care about the clock changes. And you'd think this is the good one where they're going to sleep in later. Nope. Now you have to wake them up an hour before their body is ready to wake up. Oh, and they hate you for that. Oh my goodness. Morning, this morning especially was cranky. Cranky. That was just you though, right? But, yeah, no, yeah. yeah this yeah. was before the kids even got up. Yeah, you were cranky. <laughs> I was very cranky. You know, this is in such a divided political time, I really feel like this could be the thing that unifies us together again if we just somebody just gets rid of messing with the clocks. Either yep. we stay on daylight savings time or we stay off of it, but either way, quit messing with my clocks. You could move to Arizona. They don't uh, observe it there. So, And in parts of, is it Illinois or Indiana? I, one of those, and I think Hawaii is, is one of them as well. I, I can't remember. I'm not a cultured individual. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you couldn't remember the title from last week's sermon, Brian, would you like to maybe give us a recap? We had some audio issues. I don't have the pre-recorded one this time. Sorry about that. So let's dig in a little bit about what we talked about at the Crossing Church this past weekend. Well, we uh, got into something a little bit unexpected. Uh, Daniel 10 is actually a, a vision that Daniel has. And from Daniel chapter one, as a teenager, Daniel chapter 10, he's now an old man. And you decide on your definition of old man. Mine has changed. 56. <laughs> Easy, big boy. <laughs> And, and so this vision is, is interesting, but uh, the whole point is, is that here, here you have Daniel trying to pray and pray and pray for decades about the restoration of the temple, about his Jewish brothers and sisters getting out of captivity, and he begins to think it may, it may happen, it may not, and then he has this disturbing and discouraging vision of war and hardship. And they, they, and he struggles, he struggles so bad that he decides to, he, he's, he goes to fast for 21 days and, and he does this fast and he comes out of the fast. Interestingly enough, coming out of a fast, he has a vision. So there's a very spiritual supernatural moment coming out of this sacrificial time. And, and he has this, uh, this vision take place. And it literally says in Daniel 10, 5, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. And it goes on to tell a lot of things. And the interesting part about the vision is Daniel's in a group, but only he sees it. The other people actually react out of fear 
but they don't actually see it, so, which would beg the question, then how did they react out of fear? But uh, interesting, interesting things in Daniel chapter 10. And the whole idea is, is that he prayed for decades, but he continued to stand firm in his faith. And so what we talked about are some of the key factors involved in what that standing firm looks like. We talked about, remember that God cares more about you than you do. And I know even in this very room right now, there's, you know, there's, you know, you kind of love me some me, you know what I mean? <laughs> you get, you get, well, yeah, there's, yeah, we'll, we'll, you can ask us in person what that means later. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then I also got into God is doing more than you understand. One of the, one of the crucial parts that actually triggered this sermon happening for me is, is that it says in Daniel 10, 12, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding, I heard your prayer. And, 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 Man, that, that was super encouraging to me because once in a while I get in a place where I'm like, hey, God, you out there? You hear, you, you hear me? And, and we have, you know, scriptural proof that the very first time we pray sincerely to him, he, he hears our prayer. I'm sure maybe we'll talk a little more about that. But then I finished up with God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. So what God does is he gives Daniel some encouragement and some hope and some strength over the fact that he hears, he's doing more than he understands, and I believe Daniel and our hope factor ought to always go up when we realize that just because you don't see something happening doesn't mean that God is not at work behind the scenes. Well, what was interesting this week, too, is um, you and I have chatted as we plan what's coming up and, and what's going to be preached on. Daniel 10 wasn't the original idea for this weekend, was it? You you were going to go a different direction and we get this Slack message on, I don't know if it was Tuesday, you're like, well, I'm changing directions, everybody. So what struck what struck you about it as you were reading through with what you had planned and, and you come across Daniel 10, which isn't a passage as far and as long as we've known each other. I don't think you really don't stick into Daniel I'm 10 not, a lot. I'm um, not. So what stuck out this time to you that made you want to lean into it? Well, the very first thing was, is, is that he, like I said, is that when the very first time we pray, he hears us and he hears that prayer. And I, I started off talking quite a bit about the fact that we all sometimes just grow weak when it comes to our hope and the fact that we, we need some more of that. And I got to thinking about the fact that that when we realize he hears our prayer, our hope factor ought to go up. And then when we realize that God is doing business, if you will, behind the scenes and that he is working, just because I don't see it doesn't mean he's not doing some great things. And I just have to have hope and trust and faith that uh, his timing is going to be right. But to me, it had to do with increasing the hope factor of my own heart and the hearts of our church. Well, there's something so beautiful about realizing and recognizing that God does hear you in that first initial moment. And, and actually a bit of that, it kind of scares me to think about that. Cause I'm thinking about the first time that I learned to pray and it's just like, man, it was messy. It was, it's gross. It's still, you know, it's, it's not this eloquent, you know, nice sounding, um, you know, it really kind of sounds like me stumbling over my words and, and just kind of figuring out, okay, what do I do here? And yet God still hears that and, and is already working in the midst of that. So you're, you're talking about a message of hope. It's even in the midst of our imperfection, these, prayers that aren't pretty, these prayers that maybe we, you know, say things in it that just we wouldn't say now, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, God is still working in the midst of that. And that there's just something incredibly beautiful in that uh, and, and hope filling. 
Well, in the in the section when I was talking about he's doing more than you understand, I actually began to get into a little bit of the spiritual warfare and the spiritual, the behind the scenes, what's going on, good and evil. And that's not something that I do on a regular basis to talk about those things. But when I realized that the, I know, and I think probably if you're listening to this, you know that the battle is real, but we being human, we always want to see, we want to see the result. We want to know the timing. We want to know that something's really moving forward. And sometimes we feel like we got nothing. And, and what I read out of this and, and, and what I understand now out of Daniel 10 is that he is working behind the scenes in some very, very crucial ways but I'm just going to have to have faith and trust that, that it's really, that it's happening. And we talked a little bit about uh, your personal prayer for your father for years and just not seeing any change or not seemingly seeing any change and, and how tough that was on you. I mean, last podcast, we, uh, we dug into that a little bit. And when we're not seeing the results of what we're praying for, it can be discouraging, right? And that hope disappears. And, and it maybe is even discouraging to even want to pray more. But that reminder that man, God heard you at the first prayer, God is working. It may not be tangible or visible yet, but God is working through it. Well, and, and you even say, Pastor Brian, in in your message, you know, when you do hear from God, it's it's amazing. But you'd love for it to happen more. Like you, you want it to happen more often. Right. And, and that's, you know, that I think that was something that really sticks with me is, you know, what do we do? when God is quiet or it's hard to hear God, you know, and that's, those are very real moments. Uh, and, and especially just in a culture and in a time where we are so busy, everything is happening. There's uh, all kinds of things to distract us. You know, what do we do when maybe God is quiet? Well, and you brought it up. I mean, it's in the, it's in the story. One of the things that Daniel did was he fasted, right? And this is kind of that, uh, it's not as much of a churchy term as I think it used to be because like social media fasts are right. kind of like a, a thing to do now. Like most people, uh, in a millennial range for Lent probably gave up social media or some form of it rather than anything else. But let's talk a little bit about what fasting is. And it is uh, more than just not eating, but it's removing certain distractions so that we can focus more on God. I defined it simply as giving up something to focus on God. And a lot of times it has to do with, with food that we all enjoy after just returning from a taco place. <laughs> it, was, it was good. <laughs> but but we, I think it is, it is the distractions and it is the focus problem. I mean, we all have focus issues. So to actually spend some time intentionally saying, I want my focus to, to improve means that I could sacrifice, give up doing something, eating something, social media, whatever it might be. It's it's a big deal because we all have a thousand distractions. Right. And in theory, whatever it is that you're giving up, you can then put something better in its place. That in when we're talking about fasting, when it when it's, uh, our you know our religious relationship, what you know, whatever it might be, um, that's a terrible term for it. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Yes. Yeah, break it in. All right. Number one. Uh, But when, when, you know, we are taking something out of our lives, we're hoping that something that we are putting back in is going to then benefit us. It is going to grow us closer to God. It's not just, let's get rid of the bad. Let's fill it with something better than. Well, that's, um, we're in the middle of the Lenten season, right? We're in the middle of where people have given up or they're fasting from certain things. And I had a, I had a friend once that gave up his bed for Lent. So for the whole Lenten season, he slept on the floor instead of in his comfortable bed. And then he also took cold showers. So he gave up hot water showers and his bed 
and wanted to just understand what it was like to, to suffer a little bit more. And I said, man, that there's so many other things you could have done, but you know, he really felt called to do that. And I don't know what he replaced it with, but that's kind of the idea that we're seeing here in Daniel, this idea of if we can just take those distractions away, what can we put in their place that are a little bit better? I've even heard of people for, for Lent, instead of like, it's called like reverse fasting or reverse Lent, instead of taking something away, Mm -hmm. they add a very specific thing as in for this time, I'm going to read my Bible at this time every single day for 20 minutes, you know? So instead of taking something away, they're still forcing that focus onto God and, and moving that way. Interestingly enough, the uh, the idea of this of this fasting also he had a twenty one day fast before he had this very supernatural God given vision. So there was spiritual breakthrough that took place because I think his focus was good. And then in verse thirteen, it actually said it talks about a spiritual battle, uh, spiritual warfare taking place, and it says, "But for twenty one days, the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia." blocked my way. So there's this battle between between an angel and this demonic force for exactly the same number of days that he fasted. I just don't think that's a coincidence. That's interesting. It's very it's very cool. I I'd love to spend a little more time digging into that myself personally too. Some of that stuff fascinates me um about the details and even um the vision that he had the well, you can use any one of your fancy words here that you want. Uh, the vision of the person or thing or being that he had, yeah. even the way it was described with the the garment and the belt, is very priestly. It was very like the people reading that at that time would have understood those details mm-hmm. very, very differently than we do. And the interesting part for me, you know, being a... I am a theological wizard. Oh, Nate and I have been together so long. It took one look and he, he knew, knew which button he knew. to push. That is, that is so scary. But my lips hurt real bad. <laughs> Thank you, Napoleon. Yeah, I'm here for you, buddy. But the, but the idea that this, that this, this, whatever it was, Christophany is the word that we've had fun with, whether this was the son of man. Now I have trouble believing that it actually was because it talks about this blocking, this demonic force blocking the way of this, of this, whatever it was. Possibly an angel, possibly, possibly an a son angel, of man, yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah, and I'm just and I'm just saying, if that was the Son of Man, if that's actually Christ Himself, pre-incarnate Christ, he ain't, that, that that demonic force is not winning. Nah. It's not, he's, he's not he's, throwing he's a block, kicking the door down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's going through that thing like uh, like I don't know, just like Marshawn Lynch through the middle of the line. <laughs> Uh, I heard they passed the ball instead. Oh, they didn't. Too, oh, soon. Oh, too soon. Too soon. I'm just here so we don't get fired. Yeah, that's what I, but it, what's interesting about that particular thing, and you talked about it in your sermon too, um, that you read all sorts of different opinions by very, very smart people. And no one really has a finger on exactly what it is. There's not a, an agreement among biblical scholars. And I think it's important that we remember, even on some of the lesser ideas, that it's okay to have some disagreement in the faith on on what was actually happening or what this actually might mean. Like, they can be interpreted a little bit differently and still stay within the realm of what we consider Christianity. Right. Yeah. That that's something actually uh, I, a mentor of mine often reminds me, and in, in a very humbling way, says, you know, Mark, you have graduated with a master's degree now. 
there are masters on the other side of the same theological yeah. spectrum. Like that's, that's something that as much as I would love to say like, yes, I know this, I understand it. Um, at the same time, there's still something, there's another viewpoint. I mean, there, and there's someone who is willing to defend it just as heavily, uh, and, and argue and has great points about it. And it, it's just, how do, how do I navigate that? And, and ultimately it, it comes down to this idea of like, you know, does that impact my relationship with Jesus? Probably not. You just go, you're wrong. And well, you know, believe it or not, I've had that happen to me. So, uh, but it, it's just one of those, it, it's not going to change me or, or it's not going to keep me from growing closer to God. And that's really what we have to re- recognize in all of this. And one of the things that this, this podcast is fun because it get to, I get, we do get to dive into things I didn't get to, to share. And there was, I don't remember his first name, but I know his name was Miller and uh, his name was Miller. And he, his theory behind behind this being angel, son of man, whatever, was that possibly there was more than one. Possibly it mm. started off when it was in that description at the beginning of the vision that it was in Christ himself. And then he like passed the baton to potentially the angel Gabriel somewhere in the mix. So if your last name is Miller... And that was your idea. We'd love to give you credit. Just reach out to us, <laughs> podcast at crossingchurch.org. Let us know that that was your original thought, and we will credit you, because apparently we can't remember it either. But Well, I'm 56. Can we talk? Let's take a, a quick uh, side here, but Sunday morning. So we, we had Saturday night at this church, right? We had an upward celebration. Uh, we, we've ended our upward basketball season and we had all the kids come and a special speaker that jump rope, uh, jumped rope on a unicycle. Why are you laughing? It was, <laughs> it was physically way more demanding than what it might sound like. It but. was very impressive to watch and I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but it was a blast. So if you're interested in upward basketball or whatever, we're having another season next year as well. But we had these, we, we bought these CO2 cannons that, that we hooked up. And so every time we announced all the teams and Brian got to live out his sportscaster fantasy, but Amen. we were playing the, the old nineties bulls intro song. Can you give me a little six foot six, Michael Jordan from North Carolina. So we have all the kids come out to the front of the stage. And then once the whole team's there, they kind of pose and we fire these CO2 cannons with big white plumes of smoke. And the hope was Sunday morning, we'd get to use them again. Um, but apparently we were a little overzealous Saturday night and we went to go use them at a point in your sermon. And we just got a little bit of air. Went, <laughs> yeah. I was going to go Christophany, theophany. I'm a theological wizard. Angelophany. I mean, I was going to throw this stuff out. Here comes the CO2 cannons and I get. <laughs> <laughs> The look on your face was priceless too. Cause you're just like, well, that's about, that about sums it up folks. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that is all we had, but we have all these crazy ideas, but I mean, even sometimes in faith, uh, sometimes in this story that we're reading with all this build up, all this hope, all this hype. And sometimes when it plays out, you know, it doesn't seem like God's moving and we just get a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Oh man, no, that's, we shouldn't be allowed to have microphones sometimes. It's <laughs> very, very true. But anyway. I thought it was, I thought it was really good that the upward, the upward celebration had like, we had like 250 uh, kids and families, a lot of community. That, uh, that's kids. not pastorally speaking either. No, that's, that's actually, we actually that's, counted. That's fairly factual. We and actually <laughs> counted. Are you feeling right? That hour of sleep affecting you? Yeah, you yeah maybe. You yeah. got to stretch that out. We had like 600 people. Yeah. Yeah. Pastorally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's going to be on the soundboard for next week. That's going to be on the soundboard for next week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was a good time. There was, there was kids that were praying, uh, forgiveness prayers. I, I didn't know what to expect about a world record holding jump roper. He brings out a unicycle. There's thin air in Denver. He's, he's in good shape. <laughs> and I just, uh, I mean, I have trouble with the four steps going up to the stage and this guy's doing crazy stuff and he set world records and it was really, really a good night. And he holds a world record for like most jump ropes underwater yeah. in a certain amount of yeah. time in an hour. And it was, can you, can you imagine just trying to jump rope underwater in general? I can hardly do it above water, man. Come on. <laughs> for a solid hour. Well, didn't he say he jumped rope for a mile on one foot? Yeah. <laughs> what possesses someone to look at that record or any of those records and go, this I, is, I got this. This yeah. is my calling in life. It's got to be a vision from God. There's got to be like this angel or maybe pre-incarnate son of man, just like telling them and seeing them. <laughs> Here's where we go. But it's, it was a great week. And the other wonderful news around the church is that the construction is kind of starting to wrap up. The flooring should be done soon. Um, if you're just listening to the podcast and haven't stopped by, we'd highly encourage you to do so. We've kind of did a giant lobby renovation. Um, and it's looking pretty good. If I do say so myself, we're adding some more stuff in here as we go, but man, there's a lot happening around the crossing church. And so thanks for taking that little aside with me. And now back to Daniel. Good old Daniel. I would, <laughs> I would just throw this out as we, as we kind of wrap this up that, uh, in, in verse Daniel 10, 17 and 18, how can someone like me, your servant talk to you, my Lord, my strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. And I'm thinking there's a lot of us kind of like that jump roper. Uh, I mean, I think there's, we can hardly breathe. We're, we're discouraged. Our hope is that was, waning. That was a good connection, by the way. I just got that did hard to breathe like that jump. I see what you did there. You see what I did there? You're really Come good. On. Catch up. Catch <laughs> up. Come on. Come on. Well, this is funny stuff here. The last verse in 18, then the one who'd look like a man touched me again and I felt my strength returning. So even if it's been a while since you've had some kind of special sense of God's presence with you or or you've been distracted and uh, and it's been a real struggle. I don't want anybody to ever forget that it's really one touch away from the fact that you just focus, you realize God is still a part of what's going on. He wants to reach out, touch, give you kind of a fresh kickstart to whatever's happening. And when that happens, some hope returns. Yeah. And that's that was something in that final part, you know, this this idea of Daniel receiving strength just from hearing the word of God, you know, and, and really in the midst of that, what I'm hearing, and it's like, keep speaking to me, like keep doing it. It's yeah. giving me strength. It's giving me, you know, what I need to do to get through this. And, and actually, um, so maybe it was because of the, the lack of sleep, you know, the, the one less hour that, it that is got the, me, but it's the worst Sunday yeah, of the year, but the, the start of the, the sermon, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about, you just gave the reminder, pastor Brian, to everyone in the room, you are loved. And, and, you know, even me as a pastor, you know, I need to hear that sometimes. Yeah. And and for me, that was that little booster shot. You know, that that was that little like, yeah, you're, you're right. Man, I am how, how bad would we feel as pastors at a church if people walked in here week in and week out and, and that wasn't the sense of hope that they left yeah. with each and every week that, hey, we know life can be terrible. We know life's tough. We know things are hard, but you are loved and you are worthy of love like having that little kick in the pants every beginning of the week for that's a theological term, by the way, kick in the pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, since I'm supposedly, you know, a wizard, that's but it's, it's one of those, it's one I of hear. those things where the, the, you are precious to me section in this, in this thing talks about a loving father 
who loves his kids. And yeah. I took a I took a cheap shot at Pastor Nate. That's what I heard. And, yeah, and I just I just I said, you know, I love I love my kids. I love my wife. Uh, it's a special you know special kind of fatherly love. When it comes to Pastor Nate, you know, I don't love him quite as much. But you know what I took from that? What'd you take? You love me. You really love me. <laughs> that was well played. <laughs> very, very good. I didn't know if we'd get there, but it worked <laughs> we out. Got there. We got there. But yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, and you also talked a little bit about it, and we, we alluded to it with the Upward Talk about part of your story was you were sitting in class wanting to be a broadcaster, a sports broadcaster. And what was the cheesy line you used in your sermon? Like, God said, I want you to broadcast me instead. Yeah. Why is yeah. it gonna be cheesy? Yeah, yeah why is it? Well, it's just it's just true. I mean <laughs> get off my story. <laughs> but I yeah, it's I was I wanted to be one of those guys on Sports Center. I wanted uh, to to spend Dan Patrick, Stuart Scott, some of those kind of people and and I realized that that there comes a time that uh you know God spoke to my heart and said it's time to broadcast my message and uh you know leave the ESPN dream alone and go into the ministry. And make the big bucks. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why we're all in ministries for uh, the money. Exactly. God's everywhere. Go where the money is. That's what I hear. So, <laughs> a wise theologian told you. A wise that. theologian once told me, God's everywhere. Go where the money is. Don't follow that advice. That's terrible, terrible <laughs> advice. Oh, man. Well, it's been good conversation. What else do we got? Anything else from Daniel we want to touch on as we begin to wrap up? Uh, anything you didn't put in your sermon that you wanted to? What's coming next week? I think I already, uh, I think I already threw out a little bit, but next week and maybe even the next couple of weeks, the uh, world famous Daniel in the Lions Den story is coming, and so there will be some uh, fun perspective and slants on that particular uh, story. The only thing I know of that story is, even in the midst of the Lions Den, when things were tough and and potentially scary and harmful, Daniel took a nap. So I think what we can learn from that is the power Take of, a nap. of a good yeah. nap, yeah. especially if they took an hour of sleep from you over the weekend. <laughs> well, there's a couple people in every service that take that to heart. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are on stage, but you know, that's, that's beside the point. I know. I've seen that as well. All right. So if you could pick one world record to break and own for yourself, what would that be? It can't be jump roping underwater. We talked about that. So, Brian. I'm thinking. I'm thinking right off. I, I'd like to. I, I still think I could shoot a free throw. So, so you, I think I'd like a record amount of free throws made in an hour. Would you go overhand or granny style? Uh, I got to go overhand. I don't know if that's smart or not, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, just you got a posterity sake. Yeah, I'm going overhand. I'm going overhand. That just feels more manly. All right. Pastor Mark. Oh, man. I, putting on the spot, just... Yeah, you didn't get any time to no, think about I had this. No, no prep time for this whatsoever. Well, just thinking of some of the things that I do and some of the, the dumb skills that I have, um, you know, that's which can be used for the Lord. That's if, if we're... skills. Yeah, some skills. Both have skills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say uh, longest time juggling. There you go. Yes. For those of you that might not know this wonderful fact about Pastor Mark, he can juggle pretty well. Yeah. So uh, swords, yes, no, flaming, anything? Uh, I did flaming torches, um, So, and I stopped at swords because there's no such thing as a training sword. <laughs> so a training torch, if you grab the wrong end, it at least goes out. But, but you know, the wrong end of a sword, and your juggling career is over, yeah, huh? Yeah, my new nickname is Stumpy. So, <laughs> did, I, did I hear rumor, too, that there was a unicycle involved at one point? Uh, yeah, I wasn't as great on the unicycle. So actually our final, for those of you who, you know, really want to know this, the, uh, I was not part of a circus group, but, uh, we, we Same did, thing. you know, sort great of, show. we did some, uh, yeah, <laughs> we did some shows and some things, uh, you know, halftime shows, big games, 
whatever. The final big thing that we would do, I'd be at half court and I would juggle three beanbag chairs while two other individuals rode around me on six foot tall unicycles. I'm not making that up. That's a legitimate thing. There's wrap, video of it somewhere. Wrap this thing up. We can't yeah, follow that. We can't yeah. follow, I, I don't even have a world record. The only thing <laughs> I can think of is, you know, that, and it's been going around, I thought about applying for it, but they're trying to train people to go to Mars and live on Mars or whatever, and they're like paying people to lay in bed for six months straight. Like, well, you can get paid for that? That's what I'm saying. You I can do get that paid regularly. for that. I'm noticing a theme. I, I am tired. <laughs> Quit messing with my clock. Anyways, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Or if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. If you want to financially support the ministries that happen here at the church, you can do that online at crossingchurch.org slash give. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll subscribe and share this podcast. Grace and peace.